We would like to acknowledge and respect the Wurundjeri Woiwurrung people as the traditional owners and original custodians of the land on which we are recording, along with their customs, traditions, and their special relationship with the land. The only thing I could think of was black. All important movies start with a black screen. Hi, and welcome to Switched On, an entertainment and pop culture podcast by Swinburne University's The Standard. I'm Theo Tunks, your host for today's podcast, where my guests, JG Alexander and Aditi Kuti, and I will be exploring Matt Reeves' The Batman. We discuss our opinions of the film and compare it to previous incarnations of Batman in media. Spoilers abound in this episode, so please don't listen if you haven't seen it. Seriously, do not listen to this if you have not seen The Batman. Hello and welcome to Switched On, the second episode for this year. My name is Theo Tunks, I am the pop culture host for this semester, uh, and I will get my guests to introduce themselves. Oh, hi. (laughs) Um, My name is JG Alexander. I'm a producer and content maker, mostly freelance and occasional other stuff. So, yeah. I'm Adithi. I am the editor of The Standard and also, I guess, the producer of this podcast. So I'm going to be judging you the whole time. No pressure. (laughs) That is entirely fair. Uh, But you left out a core component of your why I'm introducing you. How big of a fan of Batman are you? Oof. Do you want the long story or the short story? Um, I used to be a very, very big fan of Batman. Probably about oh, 10 years ago now. Jesus. Um, did you read the comics? Yeah, yeah, I did. I was very into the comics. I read them quite extensively. Dick Grayson was my all-time fave. But uh, I guess somewhere along the line, I, I was kind of feeling betrayed by the comic book storylines and how they weren't really rewarding the investment that I put into them. And I was also just falling out of love with a lot of the movies and the media that was happening at the time. So, yeah, not really into any of that anymore. In fact, I've just completely disassociated from the genre and I don't really watch superhero movies anymore. Yeah, I uh, like I was into Marvel comics for quite a bit. Um, the main reason I disassociated was cost. Uh, cost is a big one, yeah. yeah. Uh, but what about you, Jackson? What would you say your relationship with Batman is? Oh, uh, Batman in general. Like, I grew up with the... The Dark Knight trilogy and especially the the Tim Burton ones. I used to watch them as a kid. They scared they scared me quite a bit because <laughs> I watched them when I was really young. And the same same with the Joel Schumacher ones. I like at one point like Batman and Robin was one of my favorite. I I hate to admit it, but like Batman and Robin was one of my favorites. This is a safe space for. I me. know, it, I know. It's for, for that. Movie. I can recognize how bad the film is now. It's it's a guilty no, it's a it guilty is a pleasure. Fantastic <laughs> movie. It is the second best Batman movie ever. Yeah, and uh, yeah because. Uh, we're all ba- fans of... Well, okay, I haven't seen Batman and Robin. Um, that's the... That's okay. Is that the only one time. you haven't watched? The movie isn't Not going the I, I haven't seen many of the Tim Burton ones, um, right. but I have seen Batman Forever, which is a good tie-in because that's the only one with the Riddler so far. Yes, I I have opinions on yeah, no. Jim Carrey Riddler and... <laughs> Uh, comparing him to this one. (laughs) We are doing a podcast on the Batman, the Robert Pattinson one. But before we get into it, let's address the elephant in the room. Robert Pattinson was Edward in Twilight. He did everything that was asked of him in that movie and people hated him for it. Since then, he did a lot of really good stuff that flew under the radar because they were mainly indie films. Now he's back in the spotlight and, yeah, doing some good stuff. 
I think that's a fair representation of basically everything he's done. I'm in agreement. I don't think he ever left the the spotlight, especially like after Twilight. Just his career has just gotten better and better yeah. since then. Yeah, no. um, I think he's just been a lot more discerning with the projects that he's choosing. Chosen. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. picky. <laughs> Yeah, because uh, the impression I got of him from interviews and everything is that he is who he plays in the Batman, at least in the Bruce Wayne type of sense, because, yeah, he doesn't go out in public much. He uh, is very reclusive, um, and so therefore was the perfect choice to play this version of Batman. Yeah, no, the Bruce Wayne in this movie definitely looks like the kind of guy who would microwave his pasta. Um, <laughs> who would, have, you, have you heard of this? No. Oh, my God, Robert Pattinson makes pasta in the microwave. Why? <laughs> Does he not um, own like a pot or something? Like what? I I don't <laughs> like, know. I, I assume he has a very big house, considering he's Robert Pattinson. Yeah, but um, he's got all the money in the world. That's what he does. But I prefer uh, to microwave he, my pasta. He makes his pasta, and I don't think he knows how to cook at all. Evidently, if he's Wayne. making pasta in the microwave, but and I'm pretty sure, like from what I read of, of that interview and everything, he doesn't have any help staff or anything like no. that because he doesn't want to interact with people. No. He's a bit of an odd one. I think probably the key difference between him and Bruce Wayne is that I think he likes to cause problems and then disappear. Um, so I heard, I don't know if you guys heard, but in the after party, the second after party of the Batman premiere, he played Kanye's music at Pete Davidson's bar. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> On repeat. <laughs> he wouldn't stop playing Kanye's music the entire night. He's more of a joker than anything. Yeah, yeah. he's more of a joker than a Batman, but um, <laughs> I think that's probably the one. I feel like Bruce Wayne would not do that just because he doesn't want to bring attention to himself. I mean, I read something recently that he is actually getting into fights on Twitter on an anonymous account of people who don't like the Batman. <laughs> yeah, he's getting. He's like arguing with them and everything. Yeah, it's, it's oh perfect. And he's uh, probably just doing it for fun. Yeah. I don't think He's like genuinely oh, yeah. believes in it. I think he's just doing it for fun. And like people are actually saying like crap about the Batman just so that he will respond, he will respond. to them. <laughs> uh, That's so great. I think Robert Pattinson was actually a perfect choice to play this part. What do you guys think? Well, I mean, Matt Reeves actually wanted him to play um, Bruce Wayne and Batman in this film. He actually wrote the part specifically for him. Um, and that was, you know, obviously after he decided to, after, you know, the Batman, the, the Batfleck script was thrown out and yeah. Batfleck was no longer a thing. Yeah. I think, honestly, like, it was the best choice. Even Robert Pattinson wasn't actually sure whether he was going to be playing Batman or not. Um, apparently, he took selfies in the Batsuit. Like, they when they when he did the audition, they got him in the Batsuit. He was either the Val Kilmer or the George Clooney Batsuit, <laughs> and he actually took selfies in it in case he wasn't actually picked. There are so many weird stories of people who want to play, like, be in a Batman film because wasn't there something about, um, like... Uma Thurman? No, not Uma Thurman. Someone going into a, uh, like, ambushing a director in an office dressed as Catwoman to force them to cast them in um, a, a Batman film. That story sounds vaguely familiar, I but I cannot remember. I don't, I, I've not heard I of this. I think it might have been Kate Blanchett. <laughs> We're doing this a little bit of out, of out of order because, Jackson, could I get you to possibly summarise the film for us? Well, the Batman is more of a detective noir story rather than a, anything that's actually been done in the live-action Batman verse, I suppose. And um, it's about his uh, hunt for the, the Riddler, essentially. That's pretty much the whole movie. So it's essentially his hunt for the Riddler. It's in his uh, second year, they were saying. Um, yeah. Roughly, it's in his second year of fighting crime. And he's, as, as we've said before, he's a recluse and... Struggling as Bruce Wayne, but as Batman, it's like, you know, he's free, sort of. 
one of the things that uh, okay, I'll talk about this like the second ending of this film um, in a little bit, but uh, the one part that I will give it is that I kind of enjoyed the fact that it was a different origin story, like more along the lines of that's uh, like how he got his ideals rather than how he became Batman. Well, I'm thing. glad they didn't gloss over the fact that his parents, I mean, they did that in the film, but they, they still, um, you know, they still said, oh yeah, no, his, his parents are dead and stuff. I'm like, we know, we get it. Yeah. It's been done in every, every Batman movie, you know, preceding this pretty much. You know, we've always had an origin story. It's like every time they reboot Spider-Man, we yeah. always have to see Uncle Ben get shot. And I go, we can get something different for once. Yes. Like, <laughs> so I am definitely glad that it was simultaneously an origin story, but not an origin story. Mm. I think we'll just go into the second ending now, because that is the thing that I have the most opinions on of yeah. this film. The Riddler captured everything, seems to be okay, except, oh no... There's a. I've got a whole bunch of followers that are going to kill some random people, and I'm going to flood Gotham. Oh my god! You've got some thoughts on this? Yeah. So, Riddler. I mean, I know you know they were basically trying to make him Joker 2.0. Nothing wrong with that. Joker's a compelling character. Make more of him. Fine. Whatever. Except the teaser of the Joker as well. Well, I was yeah. reading up on that. Apparently, he was actually meant to have a larger role in the film. And they actually cut the scene. It's going to be in the Blu-ray release, I believe. But, the, yeah, and obviously Barry Keown, who's been in a heap of other films. The one that I can mention is probably Eternals and, and Killing of a Sacred Deer. Mm. And, uh, yeah, and he was meant to, again, he was meant to have a larger role, but they, they cut the scene for, for time, obviously. I mean, this film is long. Yeah, I think my thing with the Riddler is that, like, he was a fairly, you were almost rooting for him. I was. I was, yeah. yeah. Because uh, all of the people that he was killing were, like, indisputably bad. Mm. You cannot argue that they were, like, I don't want to argue about, like, whether it's worth taking their life or whatever. I feel like that's a whole other conversation. But, like, they were not really contributing to it's society. It's a moral conversation there. That's yeah, that's a whole <laughs> other Should thing. we kill them or not? Should it's, we kill them? Yeah. yeah, and I think, I mean, that's part of what Batman is all about. But also, you know, that's different. They are not people that you kind of want to see continue their work in Gotham because mm. they are kind of doing the worst for Gotham. And then suddenly he became an incel. Like, <laughs> was this necessary? Yeah. Because we already had the Joker be an incel and like derailed that. Which version? Which The 2019 version. Oh, yeah. 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 But I mean, he was kind of incel, um, a baby incel. Let's, let's just say. <laughs> yeah. It's the thing. Like, I, I, honestly, I don't believe that they're really actually, like, incel. I think... Yeah, I just think, like, a lot of incels kind of took to it. Yeah, a lot yeah. of people would. A lot yeah. of those types of people yeah. would. Um, but, I mean, Joker 2019, that was more about, like, his mental health mm. issues and, and anything else. And even, even the Riddler in this, like, the Riddler was actually inspired by... Zodiac. Yeah, I was going to say, heavily. that, like, he very much looked like it was part of the Zodiac killings and everything like oh, that. Oh, yeah. yeah. That was the vibe sure. I got off this story. The, like, I got, sure. I got very either Seven yeah. or, you know, the David Fincher <laughs> da Zodiac Yeah, just movie. David Fincher yeah. all in all. Maybe. Yeah. 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 Because this almost felt like a movie that could be directed by David Fincher. Yeah. Well, I, I went and watched a lot of David Seven. Stuff I watched Seven almost immediately after, and I was like, yeah, this is the, the exact sort of style 
of the Batman. Yeah. Although I think uh, up until this point, Matt Reeves has kind of been David Fincher light, not maybe not esque, but light. <laughs> Adjacent. Adjacent, yeah. Diet. 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 Yeah. But I think he's coming into his own with this film. Like, even though there is a lot of things inspired by David Fincher, his previous films are kind of the stuff that, you know, you wouldn't, ha- you wouldn't have, like, heard of Matt Reeves because of those films. Stuff like um, Rise of the Planet of the Apes and Cloverfield and everything. But I think after this one, people are going to start saying, oh, it's a Matt Reeves film. I might go see it then. It's a bit like in the sense of The Lighthouse, where it's like, oh, it's a Robert Eggers film. I'll go see The Northman, which is coming out. Yeah. So I don't know yeah. when, but um, because of that and people who who had seen The Witch, you know, yeah. previously, they're like, oh, yeah, no, he's he's an up and coming director. He's, he's really good. It's it's in very much in the same sense. Yeah. And I think his name's going to be like passed along like a lot more than it was previously after this movie. Even if it's not like even if people didn't like the Batman, I think people are still going to say, "Oh, Matt Reeves." I think if he carries out the trilogy, because this thing's going to be a trilogy now. There's no doubt about yeah, it. Yeah, no. Of course. <laughs> yeah. Um, sure. But if he carries out the trilogy and if he does what essentially Christopher Nolan did for the most part, because I know that there are some people, especially in this room, that. <laughs> I've got issues with the Christopher Nolan, including me. I've got I've got some issues with it and um, with it. But if he makes a like a solid trilogy, like Nolan may have done, um, <laughs> then his name will definitely you know be up there. Yeah. Um, you know, not not saying that the Batman is you know not a standout because it definitely is. Yeah. Can we talk about the cinematography in this movie? Because wow, there mm. there are some amazing shots. I mean, okay, they did waste the best one in the trailer, but that they wasted is, most of them in the trailer. <laughs> yeah. Let's be honest. They did waste a lot of them in the trailer. Yeah, yeah but even when that when scene came up, department. it still sent chills down my spine. I'm talking about the one that's like upside down, where Batman's walking towards the camera. Oh, that's <laughs> so good. It's such a pretty film. I didn't, but also I didn't know how pretty you could make darkness, and it's still. It's grimy, it's dark, and it's very close to just being a black screen for the entire movie. One thing I really liked about it is that it looked like New York City. And I know that that's been something that's been said about, you know, the Gotham of the Nolan trilogy. Except that was filmed in Chicago. I noticed that some of the sequences that they were filming for the Batman, they also filmed in Chicago. I'm not even sure if they actually filmed it. I think Chicago is... It's the go-to. Early... early uh, American town, yeah. similar architecture in certain parts. But I found myself, I th- I'm pretty sure I leant over to you while we're watching. I go, oh, they shot the same, yeah, shot the same yeah. spot. <laughs> yeah, but it was that aside. But I think in terms of like the look of Gotham itself, you know, you've got the Times Square, mm. you've got Gotham Square Garden, uh, which is hilarious to me. Yeah, that, that was funny. <laughs> and like it was very, very clearly kind of uh, New York inspired. New York inspired. New York in the 70s. Like, yeah, but also I feel like, you know, in previous trilogies, oh, not trilogies, I should say previous adaptations, it's been like a American city, a realistic American city. Not the early ones. No. No, the, no, no, no. Well, not, um, the early, like the, especially the Tim I'm Burton I'm talking ones. Nolan and um, Batfleck. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Although the Statue of Liberty is technically in Gotham City in um, uh, the Tim Burton ones, or is that... Schumacher. It's very, cannot remember. Um, cannot remember. Uh, but it's very like, because again, like I revisited a lot of the older movies over yeah. the last week yeah. ever since watching the Batman. 
And the Burton movies are very 1930s gothic. Oh, I, yeah. I, the I, Burton movies are incredibly stylistic. Yeah. yeah. And then the Schumacher ones, like, I don't know what was going on there. <laughs> it was the best of both worlds, and I'm putting that in inverted commas. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Bit of Hannah Montana sting in right here. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I do also want to talk about how they really put the gothic in Gotham. Because what type of house did Batman, did Bruce Wayne live in? I loved it. It As a period drama enthusiast, that was amazing for me to look at. I'm so glad they had that house there and it was a good... I'm so... I'm going to try not to rant about this. I'm so tired of rich people in these movies having ugly houses. I am so glad that Bruce Wayne had a good-looking house. <laughs> Can you name a movie where, like, the rich person is living um, in an ugly I'm house? I'm in. Ah, oh, okay, I'll give you that one. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, look. They live in these modern houses that are just boxes of glass. Yeah. And I'm tired of that. I'm, I'm not going to lie, though. When I saw that house, I kind of cracked up. Oh, did you? Yeah, because... I heard it in the cinema. Yeah, because it's... I liked it. I'm not going to lie, I liked that choice. But it's kind of like... You couldn't be more on the nose with it. I'm sorry, you really couldn't. Okay, yeah, I guess in that sense that doesn't make... I mean, there was a lot about this movie that was on the nose, I yeah. <laughs> feel. Yeah, the Wade Mansion goes right in line. There were a few laughable moments, I'll admit, in this yeah. movie. <laughs> I mean, even the ones that were sort of meant to be laughable, like the hang, well, the the glider scene. Oh my god! The <laughs> and the penguin. Squirrel, yeah. Squirrel, yeah. Uh, I like. I don't know what they were going for, but that was kind of ridiculous. I was sitting with my friends in the cinema. We were watching it. We were all just cracking up, laughing during the sequence, and no one else in the cinema was laughing because we watched it on a Sunday night. It was full. No one else was laughing. We were like, hey, none of you people finding this as funny as we are. Uh. It wasn't just that, like you could see it coming as well. He's like, you could just see he was yeah. aiming for the bridge, and I'm like, yeah. you're just gonna smack into it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but even just like when he was zipping it up, I just couldn't <laughs> stop laughing. So I'm like, he's just a flying squirrel. <laughs> uh, look, I think for me, every Batman film has been ruined by the Lego Batman. Because, oh, that is so true. Uh, is so true. Uh, because I was um, telling a friend on uh, on the way here that um. As soon as uh, Robert Pattinson started narrating in this movie, the only thing I could think of was black. All important movies start with a black screen. <laughs> I, I love that. But, yeah, it, it's been ruined for me, the ba- Batman, and I didn't realise by how much until I saw this one. <laughs> I feel like Lego Batman is a standard that, like, no other Batman movie is going to be able to live up to. Because it does exactly what you want with it. It's that perfect mix of like camp, mm. which bring the camp back to Batman. I am begging. Um, <laughs> Just not the Schumacher <laughs> camp, unless. Oh no! Bring that. No, bring back that back. Well, I, I, yeah. The Batnipples, <laughs> oh, amazing. <laughs> Especially George Clooney in them. Um, but <laughs> well, we know who your favorite Batman is, don't we? <laughs> um, the Bat credit yeah. card. <laughs> Yeah, no, I thought that was amazing. I I think it's just clear. I mean, this depends on whether you like Batman or Ro- Batman and Robin or not. That movies designed to sell toys are just better. Yes and no. I mean, like Warner Brothers' solution to that film was just to throw as much money as possible at that. I I was reading again, like I read all this like inf- um all this info and stuff and it was like Arnold Schwarzenegger was paid 25 million for that film. He was only on set for 25. He was getting paid a million a day. <laughs> 
for that thing. Yeah. So imagine that you you wake up and you go, oh, I've just lost a million dollars because I've had to pay one of my actors. Yeah, no, I mean to be fair, the star power thing is something that I I don't know about you guys, but I prefer when I'm watching a movie to not know the actors. I can see that. Yeah. To a certain extent, to, I can understand certain, why yeah. you have big names. I'd want to be lost in their performance. I think that's yeah. the that's the only that's downside. What I want. And sometimes I'm not always lost in their performance, even if they're doing a good job. Yeah. Mm. I mean, because I was watching Robert Pattinson Batman and thinking that is Robert Pattinson. <laughs> I, I can see that. I mean, yeah, like you are going to roll your eyes at this, Aditi, um, because unfortunately, I am going to bring up Ryan Reynolds and Deadpool. I, I like that movie. Uh, okay. okay. Um, version. <laughs> uh, because I like it when you get a big star name, mm. even though I, he he was still pretty big at that time. I think. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think he was kind of. It was kind of his comeback almost. Yeah. But he had been like pretty big up until that point. Yeah, but also you don't recognize them in that role. Mm. Speaking of Ryan Reynolds, his performance as Detective Pikachu was amazing. Yeah. Um, I'm not even going to argue with you're that. You're not familiar with this. I've not seen P- Detective Pikachu, so it's... Best movie of 2019. Right. Parasite came out that year. Yeah. So did Detective Pikachu. <laughs> <laughs> Detective Pikachu was better. In was better. The, right. Nothing yeah, compares but... compares to The Lighthouse. <laughs> <laughs> you, you love that movie. I, I mean, love that, that movie. That is a fantastic movie. It's such a good movie. I've yeah. tried, I've tried to convince so many people. Well? Yeah. Oh, well, it's Detective Pikachu. I've, so tri- tri- <laughs> <laughs> I've I mean, tried to convince so many people to watch... This movie, yeah, and they've gone, ah, oh, it's not my thing. And I go, that's fair enough. But at the same time, it's such a good movie. Also, you and should you just watch it. it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, like I haven't seen it, but um, I can tell you that uh, I know for a fact that Willem Dafoe is a great actor simply because of how well he was in Spider Man: uh, No Way Home. Mm. All of the Spider Man, yeah. yeah, all of the movies he was in. Yeah, we are it's getting completely off track from <laughs> the Batman. <laughs> Um, uh, you were talking about before about the cinematography of the Batman. Yes. I'm surprised people have not picked up and whinged about it because, again, the argument with Game of Thrones, the last season, one of the episodes was shot completely at night and um, a lot of people were going, why Why is the cinematography so bad? Why is the lighting? I can't see a thing with mm. this. I don't know. I just found myself thinking, directly thinking yeah. of Game of Thrones because this movie is so, I like, dark. I think it might just be that, like, people are watching Game of Thrones on their, like, you know, TV screens or Yeah, screens. like, you're, you're not going to a cinema yeah. to watch it. So, like, the cinema's going to light it properly. Yeah, I don't know how it's going to be like when when it comes out on, like, DVD. Yeah, or we you never know. That, those complaints might come up later. Yeah, yeah. It's also what it's set out to do. It's supposed to be the darkest Batman yet. I mean, Quite literally. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um. You show me something where they're like, it's going to save a ton of money when we can just put a uh, audio book and a black screen. Yeah, behind. yeah, <laughs> yeah. Because uh, like it's get, it's almost getting to that point. But if it was any other movie, I would have massive complaints about not being able to see everything. But can we talk about how terrifying Batman is in this movie? There were times where I was like legit getting chills, like. Even the reveal was sort of like you don't know which one hit, like which group of people he's going after. I mean, you knew from the trailers, but like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I was very impressed by his first appearance. And one thing I liked about this Batman in general is that he's really quiet. I enjoy that. 
especially when you have when you compare it to like the roaring that happened in some of the Dark Knight movies. <laughs> I really like that he was relatively soft spoken, even he's, as the Batman. He's, but even I mean, is so. Bruce Wayne like the the, 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 the funeral Wayne. scene? He does not say a word. He doesn't say a word. He doesn't say a thing. And I really enjoyed that take on him. Yeah. But I will say that opening scene, like he was great when he first showed up, and then he said, "I'm vengeance," <laughs> and I was like, "Didn't oh, like that line." <laughs> didn't like that. You didn't like that. I was I, like, I couldn't take it seriously. I know it's supposed to be like a like it is a little ham fisted, but it's also supposed to like set up sort of the ending where he's no longer vengeance. Yeah, yeah. I I understand why it was there. Um, it just feels there was a lot of lions I felt that were a bit ham fisted. There are a few, the yeah. Entire movie, especially when Catwoman goes, "Oh, you sound like one of those rich white assholes." And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> I pointed that out to you in the car. I said that was probably one of the few bits of dialogue I genuinely went, "Oh, no." <laughs> yeah. Ended today. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> See, like I don't, no I don't, more racism. We are cured. <laughs> See, I don't mind the topic of that when it like comes up, where it's like. Where it's like Catwoman complaining about these people, but at the same time, it's like this line sort of comes up in every movie, and it just it gets a bit tiresome. Yeah, and it feels like a tweet, more like something yeah. someone would actually yeah. say. Yeah, um, like I I read something where someone said I would one hundred percent follow the like the Batman's Riddler on Twitter. Yeah, 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 and, and like so, a lot of them do kind of feel like tweets, like yeah. the lines. Yeah, like they feel just kind of like one-off things that you're meant to type out and just put out into the ether and not actually use in mm. conversation yeah. with anyone. Exactly. Is this movie perfect? No. Definitely but it's not. still such a... It, it was such a refreshing thing to watch, especially with the previous versions of Batman and not just Batman in general, but I mean, refreshing as a movie because there's so many movies in the last, I don't know, five years and it's they've just been average, whereas this has been such a standout either because it's so different... Are you talking about just the superhero genre? Not just the superhero genre, but like just the film industry in general, mm-hmm. where this has just been such a refreshing thing. And probably also because of the fact that, you know, we've just been through a pandemic mm-hmm. and the box office has been dreadful. I mean, like we had Tenet and that didn't do well. And, yeah. And this has probably been the first proper film that's actually had a, a proper box office. Godzilla versus Kong, thank you very much. Spider-Man, no way. Uh, yeah, that too, yeah. <laughs> No, apparently the bit like the big one that brought everyone back into theaters was actually supposed to be Godzilla versus Kong. And yeah, that, yeah, no, yeah. But one of the things that I enjoyed at first, and then they kind of ruined it at the end, uh, was the fact that this movie seemed willing to call out how Batman has absolutely no goddamn reason to be brooding and to say, "Oh, my parents are dead. I am, I am so." Um, like distraught at this, I have to recluse myself from society, and he, like, and then the Riddler comes out like, Bruce Wayne grew up goddamn rich. That's nothing to be like concerned about. That's nothing that you had your life handed to you on a silver platter. I did not. And then they make him the bad guy in that very same scene. I have many, 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 many thoughts on this one. (laughs) But, yeah, it's okay. You know, being rich doesn't stop you from having a certain set of problems or, like, mental struggles or whatever. Dead parents. Dead parents. And, like, struggling with that, like, grief is still grief. But, like, when you have it, one thing I really like that this film set up is that both the Riddler and Catwoman are essentially foils to that story of, like, Bruce being an orphan um, and having to so-called struggle because of that because like you've got the riddler who literally lived in the wayne orphanage 
I, I especially love that the fact that he mm. he actually lived like on Bruce uh, on like Thomas Wayne's property and that he had like the sort of dichotomy between the two that they both br- grew up under the shadow of Thomas Wayne. Exactly. So he was pretty much living the exact opposite life that Bruce was, apart from the dead parents, <laughs> which I I loved. And like even the whole idea of Thomas being responsible for the Riddler's father's death. Mm. and also the Wayne family and legacy in general being responsible for his awful upbringing. I thought that was fantastic. And then you've got Catwoman as well, who also was almost an an orphan for almost all her life, or at least not an orphan, but she didn't really have parents to rely on for most of her life. You know, she lost her mum very young. And Just her, how dreadful the Wayne family has been to the city. Where yeah. they're like, oh, they're, they're real, they're proper philanthropists. Yeah. But now, like, the mob has taken over the, the funds and stuff. And well, yeah. <laughs> Like, I love that you've got two characters there who are evidence that, like, the Wayne family's legacy is kind of broken Mm. and that whole system is broken and that Bruce is not actually, his his struggles are not that special and he's actually had it pretty okay. Yeah. Relatively. Yeah. And then they just turn around and say, no, uh, this guy's evil, this guy's good. Yeah. That was the most disappointing thing for me because, like, my big controversial Batman opinion, my hot take, right, uh, is that Batman should be the villain in Gotham story. True. Because one thing I will say about this movie is that, uh, like you said, they've kind of brought Batman back to his detective roots, which I really, really like. That's my favorite aspect of Batman. I feel like if well, it's not been done before. Well, not it's properly. been done in the comics. Yeah, but I mean, ages. like in, in terms in of film, film yeah, yeah, it's, it's not just been, been done. ignored. And I feel like if you take away the detective part of who Batman is, he's just a rich guy beating up poor people for petty crimes. Isn't and that, mentally isn't ill that people. the most entertaining yeah, thing you exactly. could ever see? And, in t- and, in, and mentally ill people and putting them into institutions. Yeah, I mean, what does it say about the audience that we love watching it? Well, yeah, <laughs> but like when you think about it, you know, ever since Nolan, who's kind of tried and grounded the Batman movies and real politics. Can you like ignore that anymore? <laughs> you can't really do that. So I was, I mean, I didn't expect them to turn Batman into the villain, but you had this really promising start where you have Bruce learning about like kind of having his entire worldview kind of be crumbled and learning about his own privilege, learning about how like, yes, he had it rough, but he had like, he was able to like use his parents' very, very wealthy estate and turn himself into the Batman and, all that. I mean, he could have gone to therapy. He chose not to. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he has he has Alfred. You know, he had Alfred this entire time. He wasn't entirely alone. He just kind of thought he was. A lot of the stuff was like stuff that he had the resources to get over. Um, and that same resources weren't afforded to the Riddler and Catwoman. And then suddenly the Riddler turns out to be a terrorist and... Catwoman kills someone, so like she's no longer like. I think, in all honesty, I think they're all essentially just cut from the same cloth. um, Where you know, I mean, your opinion is like Batman should be the villain, and I, you know, you're right. At the same time, I think that like all these people are just as bad as as Batman. So obviously, you know, Batman's punching the crap out of people, and you know, saving essentially trying to save the city. But then you've got Riddler, who's actually you know killing the mayor, killing you know. Not good people, mm. <laughs> but still, like, committing some really horrible crimes. Sure, yeah. yeah. I, I do agree with that. And I think that, yeah, there's a whole, like we said, the moral debate. Yeah. That is probably a bit too much to have right now. But um, I still think, like, yes, there's value in that. But my interpretation of the movie, at least, was that having the whole Thomas Wayne 
Gotham Renewal Fund thing be like, oh, it's just a misunderstanding um, at the end. I feel like they kind of... That was a bit brushed off. Yeah, it was just kind of brushed off. Everything we learnt became invalid because it wasn't lessons that he needed to learn, Mm. almost. I was willing to give this movie the benefit of the doubt at first. In terms of the Thomas Dwayne hiring uh, Falcone to to kill, like, well, not kill, but help uh, silence a journalist... Mm. I was willing to give the film the benefit of the doubt during the um, conversation with Alfred because my interpretation of that scene was Alfred would do anything to preserve the Wayne family legacy. Mm. But then after that, Carmine Falcone just says, oh, yeah, that's totally true. And, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I did that. That's yeah, me. My yeah. fault. My bad. Uh, wasn't, wasn't Alfred underused? Oh, he only yes. has what three or four scenes yeah, in the entire they film. Could have really done. And I would have loved to see more of him, and I think it would have hit home that that message of like Bruce having having family beyond his parents. Mind you, I felt it would have been pretty ballsy if they had have actually properly killed, killed him off. Yeah, oh, I, yeah. I thought they, that's what they were doing. I thought that they were going to yeah. do that. Yeah, and it would have been interesting because it wouldn't. Uh, it been yeah, but it would have been interesting because it's not. Again, it's not really something that that has been done before. And Andy Serkis is such a great actor as well. I mean, I mean Fantastic. You can, you can put him in anything and he'd do well. They all yes. they all had really good performances. Mm. Um, oh, they were all really good yeah. actors. Yeah. Even though I thought of Robert Pattinson as Robert Pattinson um, the entire time, <laughs> yeah. I thought he did a fantastic job. Yeah, I, uh, I do think that Paul, Paul Dano, is it pronounced? Yeah. Paul Dano, yeah. Dano and Zoe Kravitz incredible performances. Zoe Kravitz was so underutilized. She was in a lot of it, but did they have to like do the whole male gaze thing on her? Was it necessary? Uh, (laughs) This movie probably, obviously, because it sets itself up to have a lot to do and it does have a lot to do. Mm. It could have been done in a different way. It could have been a series potentially, but I mean... Um, yeah, it, it's funny for a th- nearly three-hour movie that a lot of parts of it did feel rushed. Yeah, yeah, especially the end. Oh, yeah, especially the end. And that's the thing—you didn't need to rush that part. You just needed to end where it ended. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I feel like it would have been a reasonable movie if they've just ended it with Riddler's arrest. I really? um, honestly I feel like yeah, uh, there's the stuff that they said at the end, especially you know with regards to Bruce. Like, I can't be vengeance anymore. I have to be hope. Fantastic. Um, the stuff with the floods and also the whole election thing they set up and all of that. But uh, I just wanted to leave the cinema at that point. <laughs> like, imagine watching that in Brisbane. Like, <laughs> oh, God. I That was what I was thinking when the floods were coming in. I was like, oh, I hope no one's going to the cinema in, like, Brisbane. <laughs> Because that would suck. Well, I, I thought the pacing of the film was all right. I even thought that last, in in your words, the last act of the film, I thought that was fine. I didn't have an issue with it. I like that little twist. I like that little twist in the movie. It could have... I would have liked it if they had just done something better with it. Right, okay. Yeah. yeah. Because, yeah, you can have a sort of fake-out ending like that and then have another ending after that, but it didn't do too well, in my opinion. But, like, I mean, just as, soon as, as soon as... um. We had the the vid, the last video before, like in the apartment. Yeah, and you could just see all the comments and mm. stuff mm. you're reading, and you're piecing it together as much as Batman is. And I don't know about you guys, but I I was piecing it together as, as yeah, it was that happening. that was pretty cool. I well. got it just before like he realised. Yeah. I was like, for God's sake, just hurry up and and get on with it. But at the same time, I'm like, no, it's 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 good. Yeah, and actually, um, the scene before that was. One of my favorite scenes where he thinks that the where Batman thinks that the Riddler has figured out who he is, and uh, just he's like sitting there saying, 
swearing. I think I have a question. So this is something I had to ask my friends as well. Did you guys think he knew who the Batman was? Because my interpretation was that he did, but it was very unclear and left ambiguous purposely. I think the same, but I also... I can see arguments for the other side. Which is where, like, he's just saying it's the one that... It's the, the one, one, that one person that he tried to kill that got away. Oh, yeah. the one that got away. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but I think that obviously, like, they've just sort of gone, no, 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 we'll keep it as ambiguous as possible. Um, and then set up the Joker for the, <laughs> for the yeah, future. but then sort of to counter your point, then, Aditi, and like, if that's the case, if the Riddler did figure out who um Batman Bruce Wayne was, why not? Uh, say? Then, yeah, then just and when he finds out that they're not on the same side, why not just reveal them? Yeah, that's true. So I really only have one other thing that I want to talk about, and it's more of a nitpick. And Jackson, you are going to roll, not roll your eyes, but I'm you rolling know, my eyes right now. What is it? <laughs> you know exactly what I'm going to say. No, I don't. The Batmobile. Oh, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> Look, when I got out of the theater, I was saying that that was one of the very few things that, about the film that I didn't enjoy. Simply because of the way that they sort of built it up to like over the course of like two minutes and that they're revving the car, it's being, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, when it showed up, I was kind of like, ah, oh, yes, the Batmobile. I was just enjoying this being like an unconventional Batman movie mm. and then like suddenly the Batmobile shows up and I was like, oh yes, there it is. Yep. That's and thing. it's only there for it's like 10 minutes. Oh, about time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Check that off my list yeah. of things. <laughs> <laughs> but also, and here's where my criticism of the film being a bit too dark came in. You did not see a single thing of that car. Just looked like a fancy Tesla. <laughs> <laughs> but I love how like that that car, the way it was designed, where it's sort of like you know he's he's rebuilding the thing on his own, and it's like mm. even mm. in the earlier scenes, you can see it like under the sheets that it's that it's got. Yeah. yeah. And when they finally, I was the complete opposite with you guys. I was like, as soon as like the car was like warming up and stuff, I was like, oh my god, it's the Batmobile, and. Um, you know, loved every part of the the chase in it. Um, the chase was great. I did love the chase. A bit over the top when I everything like sort of blew up, but I can, you know I can forgive that. It's a it's a blockbuster movie. Exactly, yeah. put exactly. Something in there to see. Exactly. It's already so dark. Let's put some fire in there. Yeah. and Add some lighting. But I mean, like when you go, oh, you couldn't see the car, Mike. It's black. You're not meant to. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like but I do. I, Leah. I mean, I do like the lights, but like I said, it's a. It's a, the it's, blue flame it's a very, coming out the back of the it's thing. It's a very cool Tesla. It's yeah. a very cool Tesla. <laughs> I mean, like, the thing I have issue with is that they spent two minutes building this car up, and then oh, you don't it even... Two. Oh, it wasn't okay. two minutes. Fine. It was like, come on. It was like 30 seconds <laughs> of oh, film. And fine, but then you don't even get to see it fully. It's sort of like, if you're going to build it up, at least show it off. Right, yeah. Or maybe they'll show it off in the next one. Because, like, I mean, he was driving, like, as soon as the chase was over, like, he was still driving that thing around throughout the rest of the film. And I go, well, why the hell did you have a, a motorcycle? Yeah, yeah. That's, that's what I want to know. He's like, hey, I'm a rich billionaire. Check out my cool gadgets. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it was kind of like, I enjoyed that he was just traveling around on a motorbike at the yeah. start. I really liked it. It was like a dinky yeah. little motorbike. It was very convenient. Loved, yeah. Loved yeah. that end scene. I love that end scene on the motorbike between him and Catwoman. Yeah, and I love that he always had a backpack with a suit in it. Yeah. That he just... Was ready to go. <laughs> it was just like, it's like I got to find a phone booth somewhere yeah. to get changed. <laughs> just get changed. Which is, I loved, I love that concept. I love how they like thought of all of that. I love that he had the eyeliner still on his eyes mm. when he like took his mask off. I was like, this makes a lot of sense. This feels like realistic to it me. Isn't interesting, like how it's not carried over. Like the the previous films never do anything like that. Well, yeah. I mean, it's so 
It makes and they're all wearing eyeliner. Some people are complaining about the eyeliner in this movie. Why? It, it, it does look cool. I don't know. Yeah. Oh <laughs> I thought it looked nice. It looked awesome. It it's an awesome um, bit of um, you know cinematography. It looked yeah, really good. And it fit in with his like whole emo yeah. Yeah. going on. One of the things I did especially like about this film as well is that they just, I don't want to say gave up, but they just didn't bother with a voice. Yeah, me too. I agree uh, with that. Like, that. There's like... Okay, then he we're had going to a voice. He, he definitely sounded different as Batman. But he wasn't like Christian. He wasn't like Christian Bale. Like he wasn't swallowing marbles or yeah. something yeah. the entire time. Exactly. I do like. Um, this is the only praise I'll give Batfleck. Um, I do like the way that they did that in terms I of the, the modulator. Yeah, the modulator. Yeah. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. I remember when that happened. I was like, oh yeah, yeah. No, I like this. Yeah. And the rest of it happened. And. Uh, Contro- didn't like that as much. Controversial opinion: uh, Jeremy Irons is great as Alfred. I don't think that's a controversial. Opinion. No, he's really good. I in think it. that's yeah. 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 Uh, he was wasted on that. The standout. Yeah, he he's was. actually a yeah. standout. It's a rare. Yeah. It's a rare thing in a Batman film for Alfred to be a standout. Yes. Um, I thought he was a standout of the Nolan trilogy too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Michael Caine. Because who else are you going to hire for um, Alfred in a Christopher Nolan film? I remember when they were discussing the. The Snyder Bat, like the Batfleck movie. I was like, who the hell are they going to cast as Alfred now? Like, you've done it. Mm. Michael Caine, like, who's next? I can't really. And then Jeremy Irons and then Andy Serkis, I thought it was a weird choice when I heard about the casting, but the role that he played in the movie, I think he served it pretty well. Yeah. The one main character that, well, the two main characters that we haven't really talked about are the Falcone and Penguin. Penguin, mm. yes. Penguin, because uh, I don't know much about. Obviously, the comics and his history. I know the vague sort of origin story of the Penguin, but him being sort of the right-hand man of Falcone, I thought was an interesting take, and him being a, a smaller character than what I thought he would be. I thought he'd be like a major player, like a proper like a proper yeah, major player in, yeah. the, in the film. But really, he's just a slimy character. And For all of those prosthetics, I thought he was going to be on <laughs> screen a lot yeah. more. <laughs> I couldn't take him seriously, but that's not his. That's not Colin Farrell's fault or the movie's fault. That's because I saw a Batuta article that said um, that said this that is you won't Colin recognize Farrell, Colin Farrell. No, Colin Farrell removed his prosthetics in order to play the Penguin. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I saw that article before I came into the movie. I was like, oh, now I now I can't stop <laughs> yeah. thinking about it. It's like any time, like the bat, any time they were like advertising and stuff for the Batman, any article mm. in like the three or four days before I actually did go and see it, I was like, no, 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 I'm not looking at this. I need to like. Yeah, see, I avoid. I'm the same as you. I avoid yeah. press. I actually like when I go into a movie, I only watch the trailer, and I don't. I avoid everything else. I don't watch any of the press coverage or anything. But that was just a Batuta because I follow the Batuta advocate. <laughs> um, on Instagram, and I was just scrolling, and it was there, and, and it was, I was there. Like that. Yeah. I'm never going to stop thinking about that now. But that was the thing. Like, I'm very sort of, I'm actually spoiler friendly. It's really weird. I'm very spoiler friendly in, in terms of like film and TV and stuff. I, I don't mind knowing. Mm. But this and maybe No Time to Die, I was actually very keen on not knowing what was going on. And I think that sort of, it was like the first time in a while where I hadn't looked yeah. up anything or or had things spoiled for me. Like Endgame, like I had a few things. I didn't see Endgame until a few months after I it came out. I seen it. <laughs> yeah, and I had so many things spoiled for me. I, it just sort of ruined the experience, but right. I still had a fun time. Yeah. This, on the other hand, I, I walked out of it, and even you walked out of it. Yeah. Even, even you walked out of it, Theo, I went, this is better than The Dark Knight. This is, like, the best Batman film I've ever seen. I and I was I this close seen... to agreeing with you. Yeah, it's, it is. I loved it. Like, then the thing is, um, after sitting with me, I think I still stand by that statement, but that I've ever seen. 
that like that's the thing. I haven't seen all of them. Yeah, yeah. And but I know you. I know you prefer this Riddler over the the last the Jim Carrey Riddler. Can I go into that, please? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. No. Go for it. Uh, because I another controversial opinion. I think that the Riddler is better than the Joker in terms of Batman's rogue ga- gallery because the Joker is just sort of like this antithesis to order and like Batman is order incarnate. Whereas I think that um, the Riddler is more specific in terms that he's more of a foil to Batman's detective skills. I agree. Yeah. I agree with you. It's hard to say because like I'm taking like the comics in mind as well. But like I said, I love Batman the most when he's a detective. That's my favorite interpretation of him. And one of the reasons why I've never taken to the movies as much in general is just because he's not a detective in those. So... If you're kind of taking that perspective in mind, I think the Riddler is like a very, very good villain for Batman. But one thing you'll notice is that like all of Batman's villains are kind of just, how should I say this in a way that's not controversial? Anti-capitalist? <laughs> they literally <laughs> have Marcus, a cool. <laughs> they literally have a Batman villain called Anarchy. I mean, yeah, they do. Um, I mean, even if you think about like Poison Ivy, who's like pro climate change, I wouldn't be surprised if she turns up in this. Oh new yeah, trilogy. but I just like there's so much around her. Like God, I hope they don't turn her into a villain because mm. yeah, that's not like, appropriate anymore, yeah. in yeah. my opinion. Actually, I was thinking like Catwoman as well. I kind of just wish this was the Catwoman movie, and I was like. And she was the hero that we were following. I don't know. I, I, I identify with her journey as a hero or like her work a lot more, I feel, mm. than Batman. I mean, we all know what happened the last time there was a Catwoman solo movie. Oh, come on. It wasn't that oh. bad. <laughs> <laughs> I think that one got a lot of flack that it didn't deserve. Really? Yeah, that's... No, yeah. I, I definitely got definitely got what it deserved. <laughs> I, it was not a good movie. It's like Twilight. It was not a good movie. There were things about it that were interesting. Oh, yeah, yeah. They definitely yeah. had a... I, I enjoyed their take narratively mm. on the character. That's, that's yeah. like, I've, I've said this to a few people. I think I've said this to you over the last week. I've gone, there are, there's actually no such thing as a bad movie. It's mm. just how you interpret it. Yeah. yeah. I'll, I'll um, agree with that. Well, I think we might have to wrap up here. So, final thoughts? If they're making sequels, I would love to see, because I've heard rumours that they're using Mr. Freeze and possibly The Court of Owls. Mm. I, don't know much, I don't know much about The Court of Owls. Oh, The Court of Owls is good. I've been told. I've been told yeah, that I need to read this specific. And also, oh, if you're yeah, looking good. for really good anti-capitalist villains, Court of Owls and Mister Freeze as well. But I think they'll be setting up. I, th- I I hope that they set up for Mister Freeze in the next one, seeing that we've got a flood in Gotham at well, the moment. I'm kind of hoping that Court of Owls ends up being the penultimate one because mm. genuinely, it's a relatively new villain. But like, holy shit! Like one of the best, my favorite, my personal favorite villain, I think, in the Batman roster. Well, not even one person. It's like a whole court. Yeah. But it's essentially. Um, it kind of leads into that whole plot about Thomas Wayne, you know, and like the Wayne family just not being all that squeaky clean like yeah. they, yes. they were. Like every other iteration yeah. has sort of been. And it would make so much sense in this trilogy. And it would mm. make. It would save my issues with this first movie if they made them kind of the penultimate villain and actually made them like an active villain. And I think that's what we've got to sort of go with at the moment because it's. Yeah. it's it's only the first movie. Yeah. <laughs> We've exactly. got to see where this thing's going. Yeah. And I really hope that the tease of the Joker that they did doesn't amount to anything. I don't want him in the next couple of films. From what I've heard, the only reason why he was in this was it was meant to be sort of like a Silence of the Lambs type deal where he was Batman was actually coming in to talk to him about the Riddler. 
and that was what apparently that's what the scene okay. is. So he's talking, he's interrogating the Joker about the Riddler, and the Joker's sort of giving him advice about how to catch him. That's that, that's from what I've heard. That's from what I've I've seen. That's what from what Matt Reeves has said. So whether he's going to be in it, I I hope that he's not. Like I like I like Barry Keane. I just hope that they because we've seen the Joker done so many times at the moment. There's another Joker movie with Joaquin Phoenix coming. We don't need another Joker. Yeah, yep. I agree. And I also, like, I'm kind of glad that scene didn't happen because I'm trying to think of, like, how it would fit in narratively and, well, like, they, thematically. They took it out because they thought it would take back from the Riddler. Yeah. And um, that so. and also just in general, like, what's, it doesn't really make a lot of sense. Well, I hope if he does appear, I hope he appears in a similar scene, but I'm glad that they didn't put it in this movie. If they put it in the next movie, I'm not going to mind. Yeah, if they put it in the next movie and it makes sense. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and that's his only appearance. Yeah. And that's all you need. Yeah. I'm okay with and like from the slight tease that we got of him, I quite like the look. Um, even you though it's barely see him. Yeah. <laughs> well, just because uh, common complaint. The, yeah, but just because from what we did see, it's uh, like they really exaggerated the scars. Like you could see his teeth through those scars. Okay. Yeah, well, but, again, they were saying that he would he wouldn't be like a vat of acid type deal again. It'll be yeah. more realistic. It'll be like he had a in Matt Reeves' words more of a congenital disease. That's caused him to look like this. Yeah. Mm. Okay, but we're getting off track. But final thoughts. Final thoughts. Uh, I liked it better than the Dark Knight trilogy, but I didn't like the Dark Knight trilogy. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, like sometimes I say that and people are like, oh, that's a big call. No, it's not for me. Anyway, I wish it had kind of taken its whole moral debate home. Mm. I wish it had just kind of gone with it instead of falling into those hero and villain kind of cliches that it did in the final the fourth act if that's what you want to call it (laughs) yeah that's kind of my thing i think there were definitely and i agree with what you were saying in that like it should be seen as a first in a trilogy yeah i definitely think that's merit in that and i'll be i will be watching the second one Mm. i do want to see where this goes but um yeah, a bit disappointed that I didn't get my Marxist Batman. <laughs> <laughs> I'm of the same mind as Aditi, probably not quite to the same extent, but um, yeah, I just wish that this uh, movie didn't really wuss out on its ambiguous themes of who's the, in the right, who's in the wrong, who deserves to live, who deserves to die, whereas, and at the very end, they just decide, this guy's good, this guy's bad, let's end it right there. I think that's more of a statement on... Movies in general. Where movies are going at the moment. Because, again, like... It feels like editorial influence. In the last sort of 50 years, it's been like, you know, this is good, this is bad. And then the last sort of 10 years, it's sort of moved across to... I mean, even before that, but in the last 10 years, it's really gone across to... Everything's in a grey area. Yeah. I think it's because the people who are funding the movies are realising that they are the villains. Yes. That's an entirely different Yeah, that's another moral... (laughs) That's a moral story we need to talk about in the future. (laughs) All right. Well, it was fun talking to you both. We'll see you next time for switch, for switched on. <laughs> Thanks for having us. Thank you for having us. Thank you to our guests JG Alexander and Aditi Kuti for appearing on the show today. Batman is directed by Matt Reeves and stars Robert Pattinson, Zoe Kravitz, and Paul Dano. This episode was hosted and researched by myself, Theo Tunks, and edited and produced by Aditi Kuti. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and TikTok at Swin Journalism, Instagram at Swinburne Journalism, or check out our website at theswinstandard.net. And as always, thanks for listening.